you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B. and J. Mack are on tap to help us navigate mm-hmm. today's show. And we do appreciate them for yes. that. We're going to open the phone lines up in the last segment. So keep listening. Want to get your take, get your input, your feedback, mm-hmm. your commentary on what we talk about today. Um, today, I want to talk about the squeeze. Um, we look at, you know, what what's going on. And, and we see constantly that we have, I mean... I don't mean to sound defeatist, right? But <laughs> our rights are being eroded in this country. Yeah. Um, but of course, in addition to that, as we try to, uh, you know, maintain our faithfulness and mm-hmm. continue holding the line, we also see that there is a direct attack on the church. That's there right. is a specific and, you know, concerted yeah. effort to mute or to stifle the growth of the church, um, to squeeze Christians and in this country. And while all that is going on, it seemed like mm-hmm. the, the church is in a weakened state on yeah. so many fronts. Yeah. Not not in total, but mm-hmm. there's there's some lack of discernment, you yes. know, ha- happening. Absolutely. And 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 it's interesting that you say that because when you think about um discernment, I think a lot of people like to think of discernment as way more mystical than it than it usually or routinely is. Mm-hmm. Like I think um people tend to think of um Oh, I just had a feeling or something told me. Right, right. Right. Where when you read scripture, you see that being trained in the word of God increases our discernment, Amen. helps us to to separate, to to divide what is right from what is wrong, to be able to live for the glory of God. It's the reading of the word. It's the taking in of the word of God and allowing the word of God to shape us and to train us and to mold us and to give us the conviction that we need right. to live lives that glorify God. I mean, we don't, you know, some things are as cut and dry that you don't, you know what I'm, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like there's oh, yeah. some things that if we turn to the word of God, um, if we turn to the word of God, there are some things that we won't have to be waiting for that. Oh, I got to check. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's just a check in my spirit. Like, yeah. Okay. And sometimes that happens, right? I mean, praise mm-hmm. God. Sometimes that happens where you're about to do something or you're about to say something. And praise God for the strength and the power (laughs) in the Holy Spirit, right, who indwells us and gives us the ability to overcome our flesh daily. Right. I mean, that's real. That's (laughs) not made up. Okay, that is real. In addition to that, in addition to that fact, um, man, we have the word of God that gives us some very specific, like, you don't do this any longer. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Like the like the thief no longer is is stealing anymore. Like you're not robbing (laughs) people anymore. Like that's. You don't like the like the yeah the thief who comes to Christ okay does not need to be like man you know I don't know 
just kind of feel like I probably shouldn't rob people anymore. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like I'm gonna pray about it. Right. I'm I'm gonna see what I'm gonna see how I feel. I'm gonna gonna pray about. I'm. I'm. I'm, Right now, I'm still robbing folks, (laughs) but I'm gonna pray about it and just see. You know. Right. Right. And so you don't need to take that moment because the Bible is very clear about that. Right. Yeah. So in order for um, the common enemy that we all have to be successful. In order for the common enemy that we all have to enlarge his kingdom, this is what it is. It's a battle of kingdoms, right? And, and, and in order for our common enemy to be successful, you have to have a lot of dull people. Mm. And unfortunately, that was not supposed to be a descriptor of the Christian. Like, we, right. we're not supposed to be dull. We are, like, we are supposed to be the sharpest tool in the drawer. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're supposed to be the color the crayon that actually has the point. All the others are nubs. <laughs> right, <laughs> We're right. supposed to actually have the point. Yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about something today because I've got, I've got a story here that is a current event. And then I've got one that I want to kind of take us back to December of last year mm-hmm. where um, that it was a current event then. Uh, but I think that you can put them both together and just kind of see what's going on. And so basically what I believe this is, is just the increase or the tightening. It's a squeeze on Christians. And the question is, what will we do? But I think that one of the reasons that we've even gotten to this point is because we have. And, and when I say we I look, I don't want to only, in, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in what Jesus said about who he is, what he does what he did and that it's totally sufficient and what he, what he is doing ongoingly. Amen. Right. I, I believe that 100%, no doubt. So, so when I say we, um, I'm attempting to say, I am a Christian. Oh, today we say, I identify, I identify as a Christian. <laughs> Can't stand it. Um, but what, what Christians have largely done is Christians have abandoned the authority of the word of God and it's put us in a bad position. Mm. We use there used to be safety in the collective understanding of the authoritative word of God. Now, let me let me say this. And this is going to take us on a jog into church history, something that I love to do. We didn't just now abandon the word of God. This has been a concerted attack for a very long time. Mm. Um, When you look specifically at the attack on the authority of Scripture in this country, you go to academia you go to our seminaries, mm-hmm. okay? Um, you go to um, the early 19th century and you say, okay, this is where we started to see a decline. Yeah. Um, the late 19th century, the early 20th century, this is where we started to see the product of our seminaries filling churches and leading people in collective doubt, collective doubt about the authoritative word of God. And whenever you can have people who believe that the word of God is open to everybody's interpretation, Mm -hmm. then you knock the legs out from under it, so to speak. Right. Right? You, You say, well, you know, it's all just, it's just, it's kind of just what you feel. It's kind of just what you think. Here's, here's the problem with that. The problem is, Whenever we are under attack in a country that protects religious liberty, that protects religious freedom, whenever we're under attack, if we don't have something that everybody runs to as a point of reference and say, that's what we believe. This is these are our documents that support our beliefs. Right. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, then where then is your defense? 
You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. you, you have to, in a country that protects your religious freedom, you have to have something that you can go to as an absolute and say, well, this is what those people believe. Mm. Whether we agree with it or like it or not, this is what those people believe. But unfortunately, what has happened in this country is that we have had those who are among us say we don't have to all believe that. Yeah, that's the big problem. Do you see that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't have to all believe that. Like right. that's that's not, you know. And that's, that's a that's a pointing out of others who believe that and saying nah, they're too rigid. We're not. Like I'm not them. like them. I'm not like them. You know, we don't have to do all of that or believe all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Man, I was thinking about this in preparation for today's show and looking at this article and I was reminded and this is from um, James Garlow's book, uh, How God Saved Civilization is the Church History Crash Course. Um, and it's it's for sort of like the casual student of church history. Like, you know, you don't want to get deep, deep, deep into the weeds, but you want to just like a quick survey. This is a yeah. great book for that. And I've recommended it so many times. It's in my list that people... I hesitate to say this because I can see the emails forming right now. <laughs> when people say, what's your list of church history books? This is this is in that list. Um, <laughs> okay, so I was thinking about this book as I was looking at today's article, and I wanted to read to you from um, the section, uh, the chapter Dodging Bullets, Dodging Bullets, that took a look at the attack on the authority of Scripture. And um, the late... The late 19th century, the early 20th century, I think I misspoke earlier. But anyway, the erosion of biblical authority, the erosion of biblical authority. This is how we get to where we're where we are now and what we're going to ultimately talk about um, today. Let me read just a little bit of this to you. Just listen here. This is uh, James Garlow here, his book, How God Saved Civilization. I think it's insightful and instructive for for where we are today. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, As the 1800s wound to a close, Christianity found itself under intellectual attack from three directions, from science, by the theory of evolution, from philosophy in the form of alternative worldviews intended to make belief in God obsolete, and from history in the guise of biblical criticism. And that's going to be what I want to focus on today, biblical criticism. If the truth of the Bible could be shown to be doubtful, then there would be nothing left on which Christian faith could stand. Mm. If okay, I already made that point. All right, I'm just going to keep moving. Okay, so I'm going to jump down here. This character I think is important to note: um, Julius Wellhausen, who lived from 1844 to 1918. From 1844 to 1918, the most influential biblical critic was Julius Wellhausen. In his 1878 book entitled "History of Israel," he indicated that the Old Testament was a collection of primitive stories embellished to justify the ritualism of the Jews. He believed that Moses did not write the first five books of the Bible, which were, he argued, a patchwork collection from a large group of unknown authors. The Bible was not God's supernatural story of his dealing with the nation of Israel, but the human creation of a group of writers who were trying to justify their their historical existence by fabricating accounts of unique divine intervention and inserting them into their national history. This was Julius Wellhausen's position. Wellhausen did away with any concept of a supernatural God interacting with his people and revealing himself to them. Thus, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were mythical individuals who through the process of time were portrayed as real by the storytellers who passed on the account from one generation to another. I'm going to jump down here. Through his book, his views spread to England and to the United States, infiltrating 
one mainline seminary after another. Mm. Please stay with me, folks. One mainline seminary after another. His impact was felt in denomination after denomination in the decades immediately following his death. A somewhat parallel approach to scripture was taught by Rudolf Boltman, another German. Although we will leave the discussion of Boltman's, uh, <laughs> his discussion of taking the mythology out of scripture or recognizing the mythology of scripture. Let me jump down again. Mainline denominations were infected with liberalism in their seminaries, mm. which meant, of course, that the pastors trained there eventually took this thinking into the pulpits mm. of their local churches. Wow. Belief in the authority of the Bible, once held so strongly by all Protestant denominations, had been seriously eroded. This attack, I'm going to read this slowly here. This attack, more than any social changes, destroyed the very foundation of the church. For if belief in the scriptures as the final authority of faith and practice is abandoned, the church loses touch with the word of God and will no longer be reformed by its power. Mm. Let me read that again. <laughs> For if belief in the scriptures as the final authority of faith and practice, I'm sorry, as the final authority of faith and practice is abandoned, the church loses touch with the word of God and will no longer be reformed by its power. So if the word of God is not true, mm. And if the word of God is not finally authoritative, what line do we go back to to be measured by? What there shall we no say straight, str straight edge? Yeah. <laughs> Which one do what, what do we have? We, we don't have one. We have man just drawing lines. Right. And you know what man says then? Well, that looks straight. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That looks good. good so man <laughs> becomes the measurement. Right. Man becomes right. the standard. The problem with that is that we have accepted so much of that that we did not realize we were painting ourselves into a corner. And in this corner is sort of the um, the abandonment of the religious liberties that we enjoy so much in this country. So we say, well, those two things are different, but are they? I'm going to make the case that they're not right because the religious liberty that we enjoy in this country is directly connected to something that is objective mm. there is that belief there must be a that an objective belief that people come back to that you can protect yeah. you have to be able to describe what you're protecting but if you erode the authority of scripture which is what would have been where your religion and your conviction comes from then what is it that we're protecting all right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. It's nothing new under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. The sun makes all things new. You know it. The sun makes all things new. It's nothing new under the sun. It's nothing new under the sun. The sun makes all things new. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Um, appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's J. Will Music, Under the Sun. The squeeze. We're talking about the squeeze, the squeeze. I was also thinking, as I was uh, looking at this and, and thinking about, I this is a kind of a weird thought, but I think it will make sense in, in the context of what we're discussing. 
uh, the boa the boa constrictor, mm-hmm. you know, the the big snake that squeezes its prey. Yeah. And I learned something. So before I I try, I don't always do this, but I try to make sure that I'm accurate when I say something. Um, you know, I try. Sometimes I'm wrong. A lot. I'm wrong a lot. Like, let me not be like, oh, you know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> the boa constrictor. So I went to look this up because I thought that I had um, learned from JD that the boa constrictor squeezes its prey and that as the boa constrictor tightens its grip, that its prey is gasping for air. And with every time that it gasps, it tightens and tightens and tightens. And so I believed, thought that... Um, the boa constrictor suffocated its prey. And so I wanted to mention that because this is what I was thinking about when I'm looking at the squeeze that's happening on Christians. Like I'm thinking of this just tightening, tightening, tightening. And every time the Christian takes a breath trying to explain, well, the reason, and then, you know, (laughs) boom, that's it, you know? And, but so I went to look it up and Mm -hmm. sure enough, that's actually not how the prey dies. So in the last six years, scientists discovered that what the boa constrictor actually does is cuts off blood circulation. Mm. So it could be that the prey dies of suffocation, but the faster way that they observed won't gross you out with the study, but that they observed that the prey dies is that the blood stops circulating. So the boa constrictor cuts off blood circulation. The heart doesn't get um, the blood flow. And so that dies uh then dies faster than it would by suffocation. Hmm. I thought that was really interesting. And I was thinking about that. I was like, man, you know, Christians truly in this country. And I don't, man, it can sound sensational if you want, but guys just look around. There's new story after new story Mm -hmm. to support what I'm about to say that, that the focus is on the, the Christian and the squeezing and the cutting off of the blood flow, the if you will, is on for the Christian. Like if if you look at where we are and the kinds of conversations that we're having ongoingly, yeah. what our larger culture is saying to Christians is we don't want you here. We have no use for you. Hmm. We don't like what you have to say on questions or issues of morality. We don't want you here. Hmm. So I would say to Christians, we must continue to be plugged into the word of God. We must continue to be connected to the vine so that we are not squeezed to death. Hmm. Listen, the Paul said, the apostle Paul said that even though he was in chains, he said that the word of God was not chained. Amen. The gospel is not chained. Right. So even if we are in a squeeze, please understand that the gospel is not being squeezed. You understand that, right? You understand that, yes, we're going to face all kinds of things where, man, we have to keep telling the truth. And sometimes we're in situations where that's not easy, Mm -hmm. but the truth is the truth. Amen. And it will remain. It will continue. The question is, will you be the one who's still telling it or will you let fear of the culture silence you? Mm. That's the question. All right. So having said all of that, here is the story that I was reading. This is from the Christian Post. And I thought, wow, um, Anyway, and, and we'll go back to another story from the December of 2020. All right. Um, existential threat. CCU, that is Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, fights lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender students' Title IX lawsuit targeting Christian colleges. Hopefully my my first segment setup will make sense after you hear this. Okay. A leading association of over 180 Protestant colleges and universities is coming to the defense of Christian colleges amid a lawsuit filed by former and current lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender students 
who seek to revoke religious schools exemptions to Title IX discrimination law. The Council, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, filed a motion to intervene, to intervene in a legal challenge against the U.S. Department of Education, seeking to strip federal financial aid (laughs) from college students who attend faith-based institutions that espouse biblical beliefs on marriage, gender, and sexuality. Miki, give me the long and short of it. You ain't getting no money (laughs) to attend no school Mm. that teach no Bible. (laughs) Basically. If I if I were writing the article, that's what I would have said. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. That's no, that's what not I what said. I would have Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> let's get this right. In other words, let's get it right. You ain't getting no money to attend no school that teach no Bible. <laughs> that's, that's what they're saying. We don't want you here in culture. Now, here's the alarming thing or the concerning thing. I mean, like, be a little more measured, like Will the Great. Here's the concerning thing about this, Right. The concerning thing is that there is actually an organization called Religious Exemption Accountability Project, all right, that has undertaken the cause of 33 lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, former and current students Mm -hmm. who felt discriminated against on 25 faith based campuses across this country. Mm. So there is an organization specifically. (laughs) <laughs> come come on, man. man. Coming together to say we will defend students who want to attend religious schools but do not want to abide by those religious tenets. So why can't they just go to mm. schools that would support their beliefs? Yeah, yeah. So the boa All stri- these schools, the, you know? the boa constrictor should probably just drop that prey. <laughs> <laughs> and mean, get something else on, like that man. thing wants to live why do you want to go there where you know people are upholding the standard why won't the boa drop its prey <laughs> why <sighs> why he's th- this is this is where it is yeah. this is where it is so that would be the simple solution right that would be the simple solution right. but that's that to me that indicates that those students do not do not want to just have a free and fun-loving, just doing whatever they want type of education. It tells me specifically that they have a mission to change what Christians say about mm-hmm. the word of God. Yep. This is, this is not about just going. You, you could freely go to whatever Man. liberal arts school you want. And even some Christian schools <laughs> that some, will yes. accept, you know. I'm like. Absolutely. But no, they want. These, you know, it's amazing. It's activists. It's that's it's exactly what it is. That's exactly. And so, so now, now, so let's get back to the first observation. So, what is? How do we? How do we get here? Yeah. How do we get here? Well, we get here because higher criticism, giving way to liberal interpretations of the Bible, giving way to new and exciting revelations quote-unquote, gay Christianity, okay? So mm-hmm. these things begin to slowly move in, slowly move in, and Christians thinking, Christians thinking that they're going to be just a little bit better than God, right? Like that we're, we're going to be super, super loving, okay? So we're not going to tell the truth about what the Word of God says, or we're going to, with arms wide open, 
welcome these new and exciting revelations because they carve out for us a space to both love people in a way that does not make us the object of their attack. <laughs> right, 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 right. Not and then for others, for <laughs> others, it allows us to sort of hide behind this with our own inconsistent living. Mm. If we if we support this, we kind of get to hang out behind it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yep. So the problem, though, is that Christians will say, well, but, you know, we have we have religious protections. We have religious liberty in this country. That's true. And so then the logical question would be then, okay, so where do Christians get their uh, faithful beliefs? Where do they get Mm. their deeply held religious beliefs? Where do Christians get these? Mm. And I'm going to wait here. (laughs) I'm going to wait. Like where where do Christians Take their cues. Where do they where do they get them? Where if only there was a place where what Christians believe could be contained in one easy to grab sort of like (laughs) at your fingertips place that if a person had a question and they could say, what do Christians believe on these issues? If only there was like. I don't know, like um, a, a manual that provided basic instructions before <laughs> leaving Earth. <laughs> you remember that song? Yes, this Bible. Um, if only there was a book. If only there was a book. Well, but the thing is that there is, mm-hmm. there is. But what do we have? We have generations of eroding the authority of that book. Mm. Where now, what people say is like they say, "Ah, but see, you see, we got you," because. We know Christians who don't believe that Romans 1 is actually talking about homosexuality. (laughs) We know Christians who believe that what is listed in Romans 1 is the abuse. It's like without a person's permission. It's 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 the unloving demonstrations of that. That's we know Christians who believe that the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was a lack of hospitality. We know Christians who don't take that. Literally, we know we know Christians who found a way to carve out a space where they can be both gay and Christian. Mm. And so for all of these universities, all of these private institutions who say my deeply held religious beliefs are these and we go to the word of God, they say, oh, well, I mean, hold up, because we can also go. They say, I'll see you your passage and I'll raise you this one, which we have new and exciting interpretations because of whatever, whatever found in whatever, whatever cavern (laughs) and now brings new light to this. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying the word of God is inerrant. And if we are going, you know, I I will tell you there are sometimes that people will ask me questions and I, and I say, man, where the Bible is prescriptive, we want to endeavor to get as close to that as possible. Now we want to understand cultural difference, cultural differences and, and, and times and all of that stuff. But there are things that transcend culture. There are things that transcend time that you do not get to just decide that you like it or don't like it in 21st century America. Mm. We need to be trying to get as close to the word of God as possible. Amen. So when you look at this story and you look at the, the squeeze here. So essentially what happens is that you have religious schools that um, their their money, their lifeblood, if yeah. you will, <laughs> will be cut off. So how do students attend if they can't get federal funding, if they can't, you know, if they can't have student loans or whatever, get grants, whatever? 
How, how do they how do they attend? When I was reading this, I was reminded of um, the human rights campaign. You guys know the the human rights campaign, oh, yeah. um, the corporate equality index, oh, you yeah. know, putting the squeeze and everything. Mm. So you remember back in December, the human rights campaign came up with a uh, it's the quote unquote blueprint for positive change 2020. Remember this? Mm-hmm. And they described this blueprint as a comprehensive list of 85 individual policy recommendations aimed at improving the lives of lesbian, gay, (laughs) bisexual, transgender, and queer people. And if you go back to this, you just remember one of the suggestions that they had was a proposal, okay, that any private institution, namely Christian institutions, Mm -hmm. that didn't have... um, scientific-based curricula or have a, or, or if these private institutions discriminated specifically along sexual identity, gender, and <laughs> orientation, as they call it, lines. Like, so if these institutions discriminated, they should not be accredited. Mm-hmm. The squeeze. It's the squeeze. It's a squeeze. So here we are now where you have private religious institutions trying to defend their right to adhere to scripture. Hmm. And what is it that these um, that these plaintiffs, when you when you go back to um, talking about the private institutions who are facing a very clear and present threat? Like, what is it that these these plaintiffs want? They want to do things like form campus groups, LGBT groups, school clubs. Like they they want to form these on Christian, private Christian campuses. They want to form clubs, LGBTQ plus clubs. That's amazing. They want transgender students to be able to be housed in the dorm of their choosing. However it is that they identify, they want to be able to live in that dorm, the dorm that corresponds with their gender identity. They don't want prohibition against their same-sex relationships. This is, mm-hmm. this is what the plaintiffs are saying, that, that these schools... And so what then is the real threat? The threat is that if you can't, if you can't prohibit things that are antithetical to the faith... right. If you can't prohibit things that are um, outside of the prescribed way of living for a Christian, then you're not a private Christian college. No, you lose that distinction. You know, if if, if the straight edge of scripture cannot be applied to the practices, you know, of how you, uh, you know, live out and run your Christian university or college, Mm -hmm. then it's it's not Christian. Yes, the word of God has to be applied. And Amen. it's crazy that you have all these other universities, secular universities and, and places that people who desire this can go and have that stuff freely. Mm-hmm. But the assault and the attack is on the Christian colleges and universities. And there is a reason for that. There is a there is a there is an aim and a strong desire. There's a reason for that. And and what I would like to say is that every Christian has to take a step back and ask where have we loosened the rope where we're holding our peace? Where have we loosened it? And, and where have we said, well, you know, I don't agree with it, but, you know, people should be able to do 
And I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't know who's it really hurting. I've been saying for a long time, stop. The rights you save may be your own. <laughs> All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Title IX of the Civil Rights Act forbids sex-based discrimination in education. Faith-based institutions that uphold biblical definitions for marriage and sexuality can request a religious exemption that allows them to adhere to scriptural beliefs on matters of sexuality. Notice that the understanding keeps going back to something that is absolute, something that is objective, right? Right. You're not just making this up on the fly. So it's long believed that to go back to the objective straight edge Mm -hmm. is the Bible. Like that's, it's the word of God. The legal challenge essentially seeks to restrict students at faith based institutions that adhere to traditional sexuality and gender beliefs from receiving tuition grants, student loans, and any other form of federal financial assistance. That's the squeeze. But here's the thing. And this is where I think all of us kind of, we have to, we have to examine ourselves and say, man, have I, contributed to a watering down of the authoritative word of God. Now you can't do that in truth. You understand what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. the word of God is the word of God, you know, like, you you know, but the question is, and and please understand the way that I'm asking this question. Have we, in the way that we have upheld or failed to uphold the scriptures, have we contributed to the feeling that adhering to it is frivolous? (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only feeling I can think to describe it. And so Christians, we have to all take responsibility for this. Guys, we have to say, man, have I minimized the word of God to the point where now here we are, we're under attack. But but our defense had been that there was a common acceptance that the word of God was a straight edge, mm. that it was something that every Christian lined up against and said, this is where I stand. And, and look, it's not just in the big glaring issues, guys. You know, like, it's not, it's not, because it's not a theology show. But it's not, <laughs> it's not just in the big glaring issues where people say, well, now that's obviously wrong. But it, it's also on the smaller issues where we're all, like, you know, splintered and, and, and yeah. we're like, no, I think it's free to, you know, your interpretation. How do mm. you feel about it? How do you think? Or what I believe. Oh. Or what I believe. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Man, I'm telling you guys, listen, brothers and sisters, okay, we must return to asking the question first and foremost, what does God want us to know? Mm. When we read the scriptures, what does God want us to know? What is God saying to us? You know, too long, too long we have had women gather around the word of God. I'm going to speak as a woman. Will the great, maybe you want to speak to brothers. Well, that's tomorrow. Okay, so I'm going to speak to the women today. <laughs> but too often and for too long, We have had sisters gather around the word of God, read a passage, and then everyone just express what that passage means to them, what they feel. Mm. Man, and look, I'm not trying to be like, you know, I have a heart. You know what I mean? I like pink stuff. 
right? <laughs> okay, that's fine. I like I like pedophores and, and all kind of like little dainties. That's that's great when you're gathering. That's fun. You know, I love coffee. That's great. But you know <laughs> what the Bible means to you, like and what you think about that passage. I mean, come on, man. That's that's not how that's not how the gospel got to us in tech. Like, well, I just feel like it was what is God saying to his people? Mm. He's redeemed the people. He's left them the word, right? He's preserved the word for them in every generation. So it's gotten to you. And now over a pink cupcake with sprinkles, you're about to tell people how it makes your, I just get butterflies when I think about it. Like, <laughs> listen, you understand? And I like pink cupcakes, guys. <laughs> But when you're reading the word of God, the question is not about how it makes you feel or what right, you like right. about it. And look, and I have those moments where I'm like, man, I love this. And that's great. But that's secondary to what should be my primary focus, which is what is God saying to me about himself? Lord, what do you want your people to know about you that was so important that you left us a collection so that we might know you? This transcendent God is also near to us. He wants to be known by us. So he has revealed himself. And unfortunately, we jump clean over that revelation. We're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But see, but see, because what I'm going through right now. Mm. And we go, we, we jump. Now, listen, there is application in scripture. Everybody knows oh, yeah. that. I don't even have to focus on that right. because everybody does that automatically. <laughs> but the application has to be secondary. First, primary, the question is, what is God saying to us about him? What does he want us to know about who he is? So then we're not like looking at, oh, it's just all these rules and regulations. Like, what is God telling us about his holiness and about his character? Do you understand? Even when we discipline our children, man, we root our discipline in the character and the nature of God. I'm not disciplining you just because you got on my nerves. Right. When I see character flaws in my children, when I'm when I'm looking at them and I'm just like, man, you lied to me. It's a sin against me because first it's a sin against God, mm -hmm. the holiness of God. Amen. When when we fail to realize this, what we have fallen victim to or what we are the prey of is a quote unquote higher criticism, a liberal view of scripture where we just get to start with us. We become the starting point. In the beginning, God, he is the starting point. And so, you know, we, we, we are, we are activists. We say, man, we got certain rights in this country, which by the way, let me open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Want to hear from you. 888-589-8840. We say we got certain rights in this country and we talk about our religious liberty and this is great, but it's based on something that we could objectively go to and say, well, that's what the Christians believe. That's what the Christians believe. It's not just somebody waking up one morning and saying, I mean, because, you know, we call those things cults. <laughs> Come on. Right. It's not just somebody just waking up and deciding, you know what, today? Yep. That's what I believe. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to join other people with me. And that's a cult. But the Christians have been protected have enjoyed religious freedom in mm -hmm. this country because there's been something hard and fast that people could go back to and say, well, that's what the Christians believe. That's what the Christians, that's what they all believe. But there has been a slow and consistent decline 
And some of us have been complicit. Some of us have unknowingly, unknowingly, we've given into this. We fed into the, you know, well, it's just kind of what you feel. You know? yeah. Not realizing, not realizing that, again, we have been, you know, <laughs> standing on the plank on the outside and sawing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and waving at people. Yeah. So what what's 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 there for us to do? Um, you know, first of all, get on the inside of the plank, right? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Get yeah. on the inside, stop the sawing, and then return to the authority of the scriptures and say that what what God meant or what God said he meant. And and look, Man, sometimes it makes us uncomfortable, right? Because we are in situations where the Lord calls us to do difficult things. Yeah. Guys, yeah, yeah. this is reality. Yep. Look, I'm in this moment right now. Yeah. God calls us to do difficult things. And you know what we have to do? And that we have to remind ourselves this is the word of God. And, and we can trust it. We can trust it. Amen. We can trust his word. And that's the thing. That's so much security in being in Christ. You know, and, and following his word and standing on his words, like you say, if you can't stand on it, hide behind it. Hide behind it. You know, but man, to stand on his word and to know that the outcome of his word, even though it may be tough situations we have to face, we can trust his word is true. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, whatever consequences come, you know, it's not as a result of disobeying the word of God. But it's at it's at standing on the word of God. Amen. You know? Amen. And that's let me say this before we go to the phone lines here, because because we're ready to go. But look, that's a far better place to be mm-hmm. to suffer because of obeying the word of God is far better than suffering because you have disobeyed the Amen. word of God. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Autry in Louisiana. Hi, Autry. Hey, my brothers and sisters, how y'all guys doing? Uh, I just want to call again and thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, go yes. ahead. Okay, I just want to call and, and thank you guys again for uh, being obedient to the Spirit of God by ministering the way that you do to the saints. Um, mm. I mean, you've, you've really blessed a lot of people, uh, me being one of them. God be with you always and, and just hang in there. But we'll, uh, I, I want to thank you, man, for that lesson that uh, God gave you to give to us on discipline. Yeah, mm. yeah, bro. That was absolutely powerful. Praise God. It really did, and it. I mean, it. It. it I know it blessed uh, the people who heard it, man. Because I mean, it. It blessed the socks off of me, man. Yeah. And, Praise and so God. I uh, thank you for that, brother, because we certainly needed it. And and my sister, I think it ties into what you were talking about today, and you are absolutely positively right. Um, part of the reason that we have a problem is is because. The people of God, the saints of God, okay, for whatever the reason, you know, we don't speak out about sin the way that God wants us to. Mm-hmm. And some of that is because um, we're just not as faithful in our walk like we should be. Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. You know, I've, I've made them since I've been saved. You know, things I've thought or things I've, I've done, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you cause people who know you to be a Christian you know, to actually blaspheme God because mm. you've done something, you know, that, that, that you're not supposed to be doing, right. you know. And so, you know, and that, that hinders um, a, a lot of people from actually then saying something, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they, they come across people that know them as being hypocritical or something, you know, because they, you, you, you fell in, in some way or another, mm. you know. And I can, I can raise up my hand in that, you know, whatever I've said and done and thought some things, either intentionally or unintentionally, yeah. you know, that was certainly out of the will of God. You know, and so that hinders 
you know, I, I, I know for the most part, uh, you from speaking out, you know, the way that you should speak out. But what we have to do is, is going back to Will, is discipline ourselves in the things of God. Mm-hmm. And get in that Bible, like you were saying today, my sister, get in that Bible and read the Word of God and encourage yourself in the things of the Lord. And then realize that you're not perfect. And when you make a mistake, we go back to God and we ask God to forgive us and then mm. go boldly out there again to Amen. proclaim the gospel of Christ Jesus. And that's Amen. the problem. The saints are quiet. Mm. We're quiet. Yeah. We're not even gasping for air. We're, we're, the python is choking us out. We're not even gasping for air. Mm. We're not even trying to howl out. We're quiet, Amen. and we have got to learn to speak up. Yeah, man. Autry, thank you so much. I appreciate man. that encouragement. I just, I would like to say, Will the Great, I, I, I told you this, but I listened to uh, Wednesday's show. Man, so strong, so powerful, and so convicting. Man, and I, I just I thank God for that. And and our brother is right here in his observation. Like when when we have areas of weakness in our life, it does cause us to be quiet, mm. and and it does cause um, our common enemy to gloat yeah. over that. Yeah. The accuser of the brethren. Yeah, you understand. All right, well, the great. Where do we go next? Let's go to John in Texas. Hi, John. Hello, you guys. Hello. Just wanted Hello. to say hey, and um, your previous caller in. Also, you guys talking about discipline, that is, I think, the primary focus. And one of the problems I see, and you know, and you're talking about today, is the collectivism. You know, mm. the LBGTQXYZ, whatever, <laughs> right. wants mm-hmm. to go to a Christian school. Why? Um, and I kind of think of it, if you go to a restaurant, imagine you go to the Italian restaurant or the Mexican restaurant or Chinese restaurant or, you know, any certain one because you mm-hmm. want that French food, you know. But if you mix them all together, it's not going to be very tasty. Right. So <laughs> I, I think the America was for the individual and their discipline and their autonomy to grow and become an individual of whatever they want to be, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And, you know, it's like a tree, you know, the pine tree is different from the oak tree. Just like a human, they can be whatever type of human they want to be. You know, I have a very good friend, a lovely girl. She's lesbian. And, you know, she came to me one time and said, what do you think about me? Because I'm Christian. I believe Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I told her, you know, I can't change the way you feel. I can explain and show you how I act, but everybody pays for their own uh, problems in life. You know, they will be judged by God Almighty, not by me. And I think the discipline that is needed is every individual not to be persuaded by other people to have their own convictions and stand strong. And, you know, the Christians, too. And I think there are most Christians that I meet that have never read the Bible and only somewhat understand it, they're not strong in their faith. You know, the mm-hmm. Ephesians talks about put on the armor of God, mm-hmm. you know, the shield of faith, the sword. You know, it's for armor. You have a war. You know, as it talks about, you know, the uh, since the days of John the Baptist until today. The kingdom of God has been taken by violence. We fight in a war. And, you know, it's prophesied that the wicked will, they own the world, they take over. And we're constantly being bombarded. We must fight, stand strong, and have the discipline to have action, not words. 
Hey, John, thank you so much for your comments. I appreciate it, man. There's so many thoughts that came to my mind while you were talking. One of them is always when, when a person who is uh, living a life of rebellion asks what, what you think about their life as a Christian, I think it's so important for us to always ask, why does that matter to you? <laughs> what is it that you know about what I believe mm. that provokes you to ask me what I think? Yeah. Because they're telling you something about what they know about what you believe. Yeah. True. All right. We're out of time, man. Okay. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.